Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of the things that I think it's, it's helpful to remember as we go through Mark's gospel is the background of it, that he is really writing down the accounts from Peter. Right? Peter was the eyewitness. Peter was the one that gives Mark the information that Mark then documents, that Mark then writes down. And Peter was there to see and to witness all of these different things. Well, last week we heard of something that Peter was there to witness, the rich young man, right? You remember how this goes? He comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus directs him to the Ten Commandments. And the guy thinks he's kept all of the commandments. But then Jesus reveals to him, no, you have in fact not kept all of the Ten Commandments. You haven't even kept the First Commandment. Because you trust in your money, in your wealth, in your possessions, more than you trust in the Lord. And at the very end, you remember how it ended? The rich young man went away sorrowful as he had great possessions. That's where it left you last week. Now it picks up with what happens next. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. So the disciples, as the rich young man is walking away, I can just picture them with kind of their mouths hanging open. Like, wait, what, what just happened? He's letting that guy walk away. What's, what's going on? And then Jesus doubles down. He looks around and he says to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples at this point are just in shock. It says, and the disciples were amazed at his words. So they see the rich man walking away, then Jesus doubles down on it, and they're like, whoa, what is happening here? What do we do with this? Jesus isn't done yet, though. (laughs) He has this teaching opportunity, and he is grabbing it and using it. But Jesus said to them again, children, How difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Easier for a rich person or a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, you've probably heard the explanation over the years at some point that that well, the, what he really was talking about by the eye of the needle was a really narrow gate that was hard for camels to get through and they had to unpack all of the stuff and leave it all behind and, and just inch them through. And it sounds really nice, but it's just not correct. <laughs> it's, a, it's a myth that was made up somewhere along the way to try to use to explain what Jesus possibly could have meant that, that is possibly attainable for us. But the reality is what Jesus is saying here is, oh, you know how hard it is? It's impossible. 
It's not something you can do. In verse 26, then, the disciples, if they were already in shock, are more so. Verse 26, and they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Right? So they kind of go from wondering as this guy is walking away to amazed to now, what does it say? Exceedingly astonished. <laughs> and they were blown away, right? They're like, what? what? Then who can be saved? Right? That's all they can come up with. Then who can be saved? Verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said. Now, before we even go any further. Note those words. Jesus looked at them. This is a little bit of a callback to earlier in our reading. Last week's reading, anyway. Jesus looked at the young man and loved him. That's why he told him the things he told him, because he loved him. And he wanted this man to be set free from these idols that were keeping him from being a part of the kingdom of God. You can kind of see this progression that takes place in, in verse 21. Uh, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And then verse 23, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples. And now what, is, what does it say? And Jesus looked at them, right? He loves his disciples. He sees them. He doesn't look past them. He looks at them. And then he says this. With man, it is impossible. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. With man, it is impossible. But not with God. For all things are possible with God. Getting a camel through the eye of a needle? Well, that's not possible, is it? Well, it is for the Lord. Not for us. No problem for God. He made all things. Not a, not a, not a difficult thing for him to accomplish. Bringing someone into the kingdom of God? Well, we can't do it. We can't even do it for ourselves. But the Lord can and does. Peter, though, still is... In shock, I think. Verse 28, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. <laughs> Peter's going, Are we part of the kingdom or not? <laughs> He's worried about this. But what we see here is also a contrast with Peter and the rich man. Don't we? The rich young man, when Jesus said, follow me, what did he say? Well, I, get, I can't let go of the wealth, right? Sell your possessions, give to the poor, and follow me. And, and the, man, the man doesn't. When Jesus comes to Peter, he's 
mending his nets. And what does Jesus say? Follow me. And what happens? He follows. This is faith. But there is sacrifice also in following Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come (laughs) eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. There is sacrifice in following Jesus. Sure, yeah, you say, well, yeah, I had to get up and come to church this morning. Man, that was really tough. (laughs) That is not the kind of sacrifice we're talking about. When we talk sacrifice in following Jesus, what he is saying here is you are in your entire being following him. Our very life is in following Jesus, trusting in Jesus. The way we live, the way we organize our lives, it reflects the trust we have in Jesus. There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. But there may be the cost of having to leave these things. In our confessions, these verses are explained in this way. It says, he is speaking not of those who injure wife and children, but who bear injury because of the confession of the gospel. For the gospel's sake, we should even leave our body. (laughs) So what Jesus is not saying is, um, if you're married, leave your spouse to come and follow me. He's not saying that. But what he is saying is you might have to be willing to lose loved ones who will reject you for following me. In other words, we don't seek to lose our house or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for the sake of Jesus. It's not something that we do, that we have to do away with all of those things, but rather for the sake of Jesus, that we would be willing to lose those things. Sometimes following Jesus means that you will be persecuted, ostracized, hated, and face financial hardships. And all of this is legitimately hard, isn't it? But Jesus makes it clear, in the end, the blessings you receive will be so much bigger, so much greater than anything you left behind. That rich young man, what he was holding on to is what was passing away. And Jesus is inviting him to just leave that and to take hold of that which is eternal, that which will never pass away, that which is something that will endure for eternity. See, we have two pictures here. We have the rich man who claims to want to follow Jesus. He claims to want to walk in God's ways, but then when push comes to shove, he just reverts to what's comfortable. His wealth, his possessions, 
On the other side, you have Peter. Peter, who has risked everything to follow Jesus. And it comes down to us in church history that Peter would one day be crucified for the sake of Jesus. Now, he didn't count himself worthy to be crucified, to die in the same way as his Lord. So he asked that he would be crucified upside down. Peter lost everything. Well, from an earthly perspective anyway, he lost everything to follow Jesus. Everything for the sake of the gospel. But what Peter gained is so much more. In fact, let him tell you what it is that he gained. From 1 Peter chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. (laughs) Come follow me. And what Peter receives is an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. You notice the word inheritance here? It goes all the way back to that rich young man. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, you, you don't do it. <laughs> with man, it is impossible. But not with God. For nothing is impossible with God. We've got two pictures. The rich man and Peter. So which are you? Which are you? Are you holding on to those things that you think are solid, but really are passing away? Or are you, like Peter, willing to lose it all? Because what we have in Jesus is so much greater, so much better. With man, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. I love this teaching of Jesus with the the eye of the needle. Because we want to explain it away, don't we? We want to make it attainable. And Jesus puts it forward very clearly. You can't do it. But I can. And I will. And I have. And we say it in the small catechism. I cannot by my own, what? Reason or strength. Believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but... But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gift, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Not possible for us, but already done by the Lord. In your baptism, he has brought you into his kingdom to an inheritance that is imperishable, unfading, and undefiled. Kept in heaven for you. And by faith in Jesus, as we walk with him, follow him, that inheritance is ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.